Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Hey, six months ago, we began a journey. We began a journey, and uh, I brought my backpack with me today because six months ago, uh, I brought my backpack. And I, I, I use the analogy that when you begin a journey, you plan, you prepare. There's some things you got to bring with you on the journey. And we've, we've been on a journey, and, and we began this journey uh, kind, of, kind of saying to ourselves that we knew it may not be easy, but sometimes, in fact, often... The things that we need most are not the things that are easiest for us. Sometimes the things we, we most need in our lives are not easy, but they're important. And so we began this journey as a church six months ago with that in mind, that this is going to be a journey. It's not going to be easy, but it's, it's important. It's necessary. And so today, today we arrive at the end of that journey. I wonder, I wonder as you think about these last six months as we've journeyed through the book of James, I wonder what you, what you think about that journey Maybe you joined us in the midst of that journey, and all you know is, man, they really like this guy, James. That's all they want to talk about. Think about it, though. Think about your life. There are things happening now in your life that were still happening six months ago. There are things happening today, new challenges, new opportunities, new battles that you're facing that you weren't facing six months ago. In some ways, there are things happening in our world that were very much happening six months ago, and there are some things happening right now in our world that were not happening six months ago. We, we've been on a journey, and this has been an important journey. I, I had no way to anticipate all that God would do, but I want to begin this morning as we dive into the final verses of James. I want to begin by just asking the question, what have we learned? What have we learned on this journey? What have we experienced? I, I've heard from many of you in, uh, across our, our campuses, and uh, as I've gotten to share some with our East Rock campus also, I wrote down a few words uh, a, a few things that were meaningful to me, but because they were meaningful to you throughout this journey, and so I'm not going to read all of them, but uh, here's a few things that you have been saying, you, the church. Uh, one person said this in the midst of, of this last six months. These were words, now again, what, what are the words? I'm talking about, right, God's word, James, the book of James. These were words I desperately needed right now in my life. I think some of us could resonate with that. Someone else said this, I had to stop hiding from some of the hard truths. In the midst of this journey, in the midst of literally just going verse by verse through the book of James, that they said I, there were some things I maybe didn't want to hear, but I had to hear. I had to stop hiding from hard truths that I needed in my life. Another person said this, God's word has been coming alive for me in new ways. That's beautiful. One more said, um, there, there's a depth in scripture that I'm learning to love. I like that, learning to love so much. What about you? 
over this journey. As we began uh, uh, this journey, I suggested there's things you have to pack on a journey, right? Like, it, like if I'm going on a journey, if I'm going on a hike, if I'm going on a road trip, um, I think about road trip a little bit. We did a little bit of that with our family this past week over spring break. And for me, I've got, I've got to have my stainless steel water bottle. I've got to have a podcast, something to listen to. I've got to have ibuprofen because I have four children. Um, so you understand, right? You got things that you have to pack. And at the beginning of this journey, I suggested church, there's one thing, if there's one thing that we could pack on this journey, it would be this. I have it up here on the screen. So six months ago, I, I suggested if there's one thing for us to pack on this journey through James, it's this, a, a faith that's willing to persevere. If there's one thing that we needed over this, the six month journey that we would be on, it would be this, that to be a, a, a believer for such a time as this requires it's not optional. It requires a faith that's willing to persevere no matter what. And I can tell you on this side of the journey, six months later, this is still true, very much true, that we have to have a faith that is willing to persevere no matter what. I brought something else with me uh, th that I packed today because I was thinking a little bit about trips and journeys. And, and, and maybe you've been on some trips uh, personally with your family. And when you're on a trip, you take pictures, right? Uh, and, and you don't take pictures of every, I mean, some of you do, that's crazy. But, but you take pictures, what do you take pictures of? The most important things, uh, the sunset. Some of you, you like taking pictures of your food. I think that's weird, but, but maybe it's the, the special dinner you had and you just want to take a picture of that. Or, or, or that night you got dressed up and you're like, oh, look at that, let's take a picture. Whatever it is, you, you take a picture of that. And if it's a really, really good picture, when you get home, you'll frame it and you'll put it somewhere. You don't frame every picture, right? That's ridiculous. Nobody would do that. You're like, wow, you have seven of the same picture. Why'd you, right? You frame the best ones. And so I brought with me, uh, this is kind of our version of framing, right? This is a trip we took to Disney a few years ago. And uh, I guess that's what you do. You have to take your kids to Disney so that they know you, you love them. And so we did that and it was good, you know? And, and so, but, but here we don't have every picture, right? You have the, the one of, oh, Reese with Cinderella and our family in front of the castle, and it's the best pictures. And so today, before we dive into the end of James, as we've been on this journey, I, I want to offer to you what I believe are three, three snapshots, three frames that you can put up on the wall, of home, three pictures from the photo album. that we There's so many pictures over the journey that we've been together, but today I want to I begin as a way of reflecting on what we've learned. I want to I want to reflect on the three best pictures, maybe, that, that I've seen, that I've experienced, the themes that have come alive time and time again as we've been on this journey together. And I wonder if you've been on this journey with us, if you can resonate with any of these. Uh, so snapshot number one, picture number one is this, uh, that we have learned throughout this journey that we must trust God in the storm. We must. This is the first snapshot for us throughout James because really, if you've been with us at all, you know this is true because it's impossible. It's impossible to study the book of James without uh, getting to this truth time and time again that the context of James, almost every single week when we preach, we say something to, to the extent of the, the words being written in James are being written to believers in the midst of a storm. They're being persecuted. They're experiencing very, very difficult days. So every single week, as, as we look at the truth from God's word, we're extracting it in the context of difficulty, trial, storm, because that's the context in which it was written. And so every single week as we've been on this journey, we've been thinking of storms, certainly in the, in the life of, of the believers that James is writing to, but then in our own lives, right? 
when we've read words like these, uh, James begins saying, consider it joy when you face trials. When you face trials, you will face trials, as James is saying. Consider it joy. What else does he say? He, he says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. When it gets hard, they persevere. They keep going with God's strength. That person is blessed. That's what James says. That we, the truth, the truth, this snapshot from James, it's not just that we can trust God in the storm. Look, church, we must. We must. And I don't know about you, but as I look back on this last six months, that's a, that's a picture there I want to keep in my album. That's something I want to frame and put on the wall. That's the truth. I don't want to just glance over and say, well, wasn't that cute? That's not just a, oh, that one message. No, no, this is time and time again a truth that God is reminding me of. And, and today I, I think... He wants to remind us of. Snapshot number two. Snapshot number two as we look throughout our journey is this, that we have to act. We must act on what we believe. Again, if you've been with us, none of these are like, wow, uh -huh. no, it's like we, we've been talking about this week after week after week. It, it seems like an, an, an echo because it is. It is. And you really can't separate this one from the first one. Why? Because trusting God in the storm results in action. People that trust God, no matter the circumstances in their life, that, that results in action. It produces something in them, right? And, and so that's, that's snapshot number two. When James says this, don't just listen to the word. Do what it says. That's, that's pointing to this idea, right? And we've seen this throughout the journey, week after week. We've talked about that our words matter. The way that we treat people, even people that others ignore, that matters. When we don't show favoritism, that matters. So why is James saying that week after week after week? It's because this, the importance of acting on what we believe. We must, as believers, not just thousands of years ago when James writes these words, but today in 2022, we must act on what we believe. And that's, that's something we're framing and putting on my wall. But number three, number three is this, we must walk in humility. We must walk in humility again. If this seems like an echo of these first two snapshots, if this seems like a little bit of redundancy, it's because it really is. Trusting God in the storms of life is the birthplace to true humility in our lives. If you wanna experience humility, I promise you, as you begin going through a storm, you'll experience it real quick. When, when there's nothing you can do, you can't fix it. You, you can't get out of it. There's nothing on your own you can do in the midst of the storm. That's, that's the birthplace to true humility. And, right, acting on what we believe, that requires constant humility. Why? Because uh, James points us time and time again throughout this journey to the battle, this battle within us, a divided loyalty. What does that mean? Uh, a divided loyalty between self and him. Self and him. And true humility means that we decide that he is Lord and we're not. He is Lord. He's, he's in control. He's the provider. He's the source. And we don't have to be. And that's true humility by submitting ourselves to God no matter the circumstance. But by, uh, in, in James 5, we talked about the question, who has your heart? That's a question of humility. That's a question of humility, that he is Lord. There's a power available to us when we understand this truth, that God is the source. He is Lord, and I don't have to be. We must walk 
in humility. Uh, so three snapshots. I'm going to put them all, all three on the screen. Uh, I, want you to, I want you to help me for a minute because I want you to uh, remember uh, these. So uh, number one, we must trust God in the storm. Would you help me? Would you just say trust him? Trust him. That's good. That's good. That's a reminder to us, right? This is something. That's why we do things like this. We want to remember, right? So we want to remember this. We must trust God. Trust him. Uh, n- number two, we must act on what we believe. Turn to your neighbor and say, act on it. Act on it. There's a teenager back there telling his mom to act on it. I want to know how that's going to go on the way home. But yeah, that's good, right? We must act on what we believe. Act on it. Number three, number three, we must walk in humility. Turn to your other neighbor and tell him, look at how humble I am, right? Tell him that. Some of you get the joke in that, right, right, right? Look at, look at how humble I am, right, right, right? That's good, that's good. So these are three important truths. But as, I, as we're looking at these, I, I acknowledge in my life, I want to pause and just reflect and acknowledge that what's important to me personally is every day in my life, every day in my life, I, I'm experiencing a, a world around me that, that's constantly battling, pushing back against these three ideas. Every day, the world in which I'm living in, I don't know about your, where, where you're at, but the world in which I'm living in is constantly pushing back. I mean, daily. Look at this, trusting God in the storm. Every day, there's a moment in my life, and I'm not trying to be overdramatic, but I'm just saying, every day, I feel like there's a moment in my life where I hear the voice of the Lord saying, are you going to trust me? This isn't easy, is it, Adrian? You can't do this on your own, can you? Are you going to trust me? There's a battle, a daily battle. I don't know about you, but for me, over that in my life. What what about this? There's little moments every day where I get to make the decision. Am I going to act on what I believe? Am I going to be generous to that person? Am I going to be encouraging to that person? Am I going to have, am I going to really apologize for what I just did? Because what does that mean? That means I'm going to act on what I believe. I'm not just going to say I believe it. I'm not just going to read it and show up on Sunday and say, man, that's true. No, no, Every day, if, if I listen to the voice of the Spirit, there's going to be little moments, little opportunities where he says, well, will you act on what you believe? Every day. Every day. Right, right. What about this one? Walking in humility. I, I think every day we, we get to choose. We get to make the decision. Is he Lord today? Is he Lord? Or, or am I trying to be Lord? Some of us are really frustrated because we're trying to be Lord. We're trying to be in control. And you might be a a, a really awesome parent or teacher or father or mother or neighbor, but you're not a good Lord. So so I'm recognizing these three snapshots are important, but these are are present every day in my life. We must trust God in the storm. We must act on what we believe. We must walk in humility. But the question for us today, the question for us today is, what what about for those that that's not true what what about for those that that aren't experiencing this in their lives what about those who who don't don't trust god they don't they would say that they they would admit i can't i can't trust him i have before it didn't go well for me i don't trust him what what about the one who would say i'm i'm not ready to act on what I, i might believe that i'm not really ready to act on it yet what about the ones who are not ready to humble themselves enough to admit that he's Lord and they're not? What about the one who claims no faith in Christ or whose faith has become so stagnant and so superficial, lifeless, dead faith is what James calls that, right? Faith that's not being acted on. What about them? How should we respond and really to follow kind of the order that I've said this morning, not just how should we respond, how must we respond 
to people like that. Well, James's final words, his final exhortation is with that question in mind, thinking of people just like that, thinking of people who professed faith in Christ at one time, maybe at one point their faith was alive, maybe at one point they were walking in true humility, but not now. Perhaps the circumstances of life have snuffed out their joy, their hope. Maybe doubt has crept in and it's crushed. What little faith they felt like they even had in the first place. Maybe they've turned away from God altogether. The storm has caused them to completely walk away from faith in Christ. The final words James writes is to believers, but it's not about believers. Get that, right? He's writing to believers, but it's not about those believers. It's about those who are wandering. Wandering. He's writing about the wanderers. So uh, without further ado, would you turn? uh, James 5 is where we're going to be. The last uh, two verses of James's letter is where we're going to end up today. If you've been with us on the journey, that's not terribly surprising to you. But if you would open your copy of Scripture or your Version Bible app. And I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able uh, as we read just two verses together, as we put a little bit of an exclamation point on the book of James uh, this morning. We're going to begin reading in verse 19 of chapter 5, just verses 19 and 20. This is the word of the Lord for us today. It says this, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you for your word today. As we spend a few minutes reflecting on the gift that your word has been, that doesn't mean it's always an easy gift. It doesn't even mean it's always the gift that we want in that moment, but it's the gift that we need. And so today we would ask that your word would speak to us, not saying the things that we want it to say, but the things we need it to say. Because we believe your word is alive and active. And and today we need your word, your truth, not our truth, not our version of truth. No, God, your truth today. So as we open your word now, would you speak uh, through me? Would you open our eyes and our ears and our hearts, God, for the wanderer, for the one? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can have a seat. Uh, James's heart is clear. This is how he chooses to end. Think about this. Again, we've, we've noted this the last couple of weeks. He's closing this letter, and most of the people that will read these words, as they read them, uh, James would have already been martyred for his faith. So they're reading the words of a dead man who, who believed so much in Christ. His faith in Christ was so real that, that he ultimately gave his life for the sake of of Christ. So as they're reading these words, what are the final things that he wants to say? His heart is clear. The final thing on his mind is the return of those who were once followers who have turned away. This is obviously a real issue. It was a present issue in the church as persecution was happening. People were falling away, turning away from their faith. It got too hard. It's too difficult. It's too dangerous to follow Christ. And so this was a very real issue. Uh, but, but for the one who wanders, James's charge is this, bring them back. The Greek word there is to restore, restore that person, restore the one. Consider how powerful it is that, that his last words, right? He spent the majority of this letter talking to believers about issues they're facing, things that they're experiencing, practical truth. But his last words are not about that. His last words 
are not about the ones who are here, the ones who are apart. No, his last words are about the ones who are not here, the ones who are not apart yet. The ones who are likely not reading this letter. Think about that. As they're sitting and reading this letter, they come to the end. His final words are not for the ones reading this letter. The ones who are not. His heart is for the one Jesus called the one. Jesus called the one. There's a key connection every week through James uh, to, to Jesus because it's his brother. And so to read James is to read Jesus. And, and Jesus in Matthew 18, you remember the story, right? Uh, Jesus told parables and he told stories and he told story about sheep. He says it like this in Matthew 18. What do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one who wandered off? Jesus speaks of the one, the one who wanders away. And it won't shock you, will it, that, that if you were to look at the Greek word in Matthew 18 for wanders, you would find the same word, the same word that James uses in James 5, verse 19. What was Jesus' heart for the wanderer? To leave the 99 and go after the one. The one. There are wanderers all around us today. All around us. If you open your eyes, you'll, you'll see it. You'll experience it. God, God will, will open up your, your eyes, your heart to the wanderer. They're lost. They feel alone. Maybe they've been burned out by religion. They've been hurt by the church. Maybe they love Jesus, but it's, it's Christians. It's Christians, the way that they act and the way that they've treated them that has caused them to turn away from faith in Christ. Maybe the noise of this world, the noise of the storm, of the circumstances of their life have drowned out God's voice in their life. They feel hopeless. They're, they're, they're wanderers. Just a couple of weeks ago, I, I had a brief interaction right out here in the parking lot uh, with, with a young man who, that I won't soon forget. He, he, he's a wanderer. Uh, he said so himself. I, I wrote down what he said that day because it, it struck me. It, it struck me so deeply. I was leaving the office and and as I've already confessed to you, too often I'm in a hurry. And so I was in a hurry, right, to get to another appointment. And about the time uh, that, that I was trying to, to hurry to my vehicle to do, do something spiritual, you know, uh, he gets out and says, uh, are there any pastors here? Sometimes people ask me that because I just don't look like a pastor, I guess, you know. So I'm looking around the parking lot like, well, I'm one. I'm a pastor. You know, it's like I don't know what I'm signing up for here. But here I am. And uh, I, I remembered him. We'd met before in the community. He, he had come and attended one of our outdoor worship services uh, during COVID. He, he needed help. He needed some, some gas money. He needed some encouragement. Um, he said something, though, that day I haven't forgotten. I actually wrote it down. I wrote it down. He, he, he said this. He was apologizing. He felt ashamed asking me for help. But he said this. He says, I've been struggling for a while. I've been trying to work. He brought his pay stub with me. He wanted me to know he had a job, you know, all those things. But he said, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to make better choices, but it's been really hard. And then he said this. He says, I never really know what's next. I feel like I'm just wandering. Yeah, my heart breaks for him. We talked. I helped. I gave him what I had, what, what, what I could do that day. But I felt led to do something before he left. And we didn't kneel there in the middle of the, the asphalt parking lot and pray. I, I believe in prayer. I've prayed with him before. He knows what I believe, and I believe I'll see him again. But before he left that day, I just felt led to do something. Before he left that day, I told him my name again, and I told him I, wanted to, I would remember his name. 
I looked him in the eye for a minute, and I just told him. And I know it's weird, but I just felt led to do this. I felt led in that moment to tell him that his name and his story mattered to me, that I wanted him to know that there was someone else in his life that cared about him, that cared about his story, that cared about no matter how hard and difficult his circumstances were, that I cared I cared. And truthfully, I have no idea what's going to happen in his life. I don't know if I'll get to see him again or not. Probably so, but, but who knows? But, but I tell you that story because the truth is that you were once a wanderer. So was I. We all were. We all were because of sin. That's what, that's what the Bible tells us. Because of the selfishness, the selfish nature that we're born with, you and I on our own, we're all just wanderers in a world and we really, really have no hope on our own. We really are just wandering from place to place trying to figure it out. And if it was really just up to us, we would be hopeless, wandering forever. Wondering, does anybody care? And on that day in the parking lot, I just sensed God calling me in a new way, breaking my heart for the wanderers all around us. Listen, church, they matter to God. They must matter to us. They must they must. We live in a world that's increasingly divided. I don't have to tell you that. You experience that every day. It seems like we're divided about everything. We can be divided even in the church, right? We have to be on guard. We have to be careful and mindful of that. But one of the most dangerous forms of division that we experience is division that we create between those who proclaim faith in Christ and those who do not. I believe it's division that we create, walls that we build between those who agree with us and those who don't, those that believe what we believe and those that don't. We draw lines between us and them. And the most dangerous thing is, church, we convince ourselves that it's biblical. We convince ourselves that it's honoring to the Lord. Do you know there are people today that believe rejecting sinners is the right thing to do, that it glorifies God when we do that? Do you see how dangerous it is? When we believe this gospel that we proclaim celebrates the rejection of sinners. If we're not careful, we spend all of our time with other believers and we create this increasing divide between those who agree with us and those who don't. And that's not what Jesus says. That's not James's final instructions. Right? The message is not us versus them. The message is not draw the battle lines. The message is this. Have such a burden, such a heart for the wanderer that you will pursue them. Not, not separate from them, but run after them. Run after them. That's, that's what Jesus said to do about the one. I wonder what James, I wonder what he would think about the church in 2022. I wonder if, uh, you know, those like talk show, you know, you talk about somebody, like, let's bring them out. You know, what if I did that? And James is just waiting over, he's decrepit and old and, you know, however that would work. And he came out and we're like, yeah, we've been studying your book for six months. And he, I wonder what questions he would ask us. I wonder what he would think about the church today. I wonder if he would look, not, not just at us, you know, I'm not just trying to bust on us today. I wonder if he would look at the church universal today. Churches filled with people at times, and that's beautiful, right? But, but people gathering, gatherings of people that are running from wanderers instead of running after them. 
James 5.19 in the message says this, my dear friends, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. Go after them. Go after them. If James showed up in the church in 2022, and would he read these last words, his final instructions, would he read these and, and see a church that's taking that call seriously? For as long as I get to be the pastor of this church, this will be true of us. We will be a church that cares about the wanderer, that cares about the one who is lost. We will, we will gather. We will uh, celebrate the fellowship of being together. That's biblical. But we will not do that at the expense of the one who is lost. That's Jesus' call. That's James' final instruction. His final word was, go after the wanderers. They matter to God. They must matter to us. Church, the the truth is there's wanderers today all around you. The question is, what will you do about it? What will you do about it? Will you build your wall? Will you isolate yourself because it's just messy and it's hard and it's uncomfortable and what will I do and what was it? Or they think this and they do that. You know, those kind of, all the things that we do, right? Do our lives today, does our church today reflect the truth? The heart of God. Go after the wanderer. I'm going to invite you to stand Uh, today. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for us, but we're going to pray for the wanderers in our life, for the ones who uh, have been hurt by the church, the ones who who feel distant from God, for the ones that feels like God has nothing for them. God couldn't use them. He has no hope for them. We're going to pray. We're going to ask God to move our hearts in such a way that we reflect his heart, and we're going to spend some time worshiping him proclaiming, God, we love you. God, God, would you pour out your spirit into us because this is not something that we can do on our own. We need your heart and your spirit and your mind to compel us to be your church for such a time as this. So let's pray. Father in heaven today, we pray not for our hearts and for our wisdom and for our mind, God, but yours, your heart and your wisdom. And yes, the mind of Christ. Forgive us, God, when when the gathering of believers becomes so much about us that we forget about the one, the one who's lost, the one who's broken, the one who's been hurt, the one who's been pushed aside. And God, I cannot read the truth of your word without understanding clearly the call for the church in 2022 to go after the wanderer, to pursue them, to run after them, because that's the heart of God. It must be our heart. So we repent today. We repent of our selfishness. We repent of our short-sightedness. We repent of how comfortable we get, Lord. We repent for the times that we've turned a blind eye to the people that desperately need you. And and today we will not read your word and turn a blind eye anymore. We will not just be hearers of your word today. We will be doers. And so now as we cry out to you in worship, as you come and you inhabit the praise of your people, open our eyes and open our hearts and show us God 
the wanderers around us and move us, compel us to be people of action. We love you. Come now and speak to us as we worship you. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.